0: what's going on this is mike and welcome to people playing games this is a new podcast all about people who play make and talk about games for a living and i'm very very excited about our first guest he's someone you probably know if you follow the fighting game community and if you don't it's definitely someone you should know yahoo Esports' own michael martin how are you doing man
1: uh i'm good i i was worried when you said people who play games and i'm like oh man i'm on the wrong podcast i don't know if (laughs) i i'm kidding i've been playing stuff recently it's hard for a games journalist to play games though
0: it really is. That's the the whole myth of being a games writer is people assume you just play games all day, yeah. and not that's, true. that's rarely rarely <laughs> the case.
1: <laughs> like when I freelanced, I I didn't actually play hardly any games at all. Yeah, it was rough.
0: There's not time.
1: Yeah. Now I do. <laughs> that's that's always good. So for for
0: the people who don't know who you are, could you just uh, talk a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, so uh, I I started out freelance writing uh, f- for various video game websites, and that was a few years ago. Um, turned that into a small career that uh, last year, almost actually a year to the day. Uh, I think next, I think April is my one-year anniversary at Yahoo Esports. Um, turned that into a full-time position at Yahoo Esports. Where uh, I start, you know, I started out covering general game stuff, but I, I I love fighting games, and so I kind of became a fighting games guy almost everywhere I wrote, uh, anyway, and started to cover the esports side of fighting games. Man, uh, I guess it's been a couple years now. Um, did that with like Red Bull Esports, and then yeah, turned that into a full time job at Yahoo Esports, where I now get to do all kinds of things like um you know bright news features uh, op-eds that kind of stuff but also a lot of on-camera work uh which is something i really wanted to get into to you know i guess get ahead in this the career that i chose but it's really hard to do when uh you're a full-time freelancer and you don't have time for a lot of stuff so yeah i mean i cover fighting games um tournaments events uh, pretty much anything fighting game related, it, it it I'm I probably have my hands in it.
0: Awesome, and uh, we'll definitely dive a bit deeper into you know what that's like and and kind of the, the various degrees of games journalism you've done. But I'd say you know, so for right now, it's I'd say it's a pretty busy and exciting time to be covering fighting games.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's actually kind of strange because uh, from about December until. Right about now, um, it's it's kind of quiet. Uh, the Capcom Pro Tour, which is uh, Street Fighter's you know major circuit or season, whatever you want to call it, uh, has wrapped up, and it doesn't start until um, actually I think next next week is when it actually starts. But we just got like all the details on that uh, finally, and and some new things starting up like e-league uh, which will air on TBS and Red Bull's coming back with a new circuit of its own and aside from that like there's no games like the next big fighting game that should be coming out is I think Injustice 2 in May if I remember yeah. right yep. so yeah it's like a between I guess January through February early March it's actually really slow and it just so happens like this week uh, really picked up for me. So I was busy again and I'm happy about that because I was also kind of in a sort of a writing and creative dead zone. Uh, mm-hmm. and I noticed that happens. I realized that's been happening to me the last few years, <laughs> like around the same time. So right. I'm happy that, uh, we're past that now.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about games for a bit. Uh, my, my first segment, I like to call it first favorite worst. And, uh, so it's kind of, you know, I, I believe that you could, you could learn a lot about a person by the games that they play, obviously. So I want you to talk about the first game you've ever played, uh, your favorite game, and the worst game you've ever played.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so most people who don't know by now um, don't realize that I'm I'm 40 years old. And I actually couldn't tell you what the first video game I played was. I, I, Whenever I see that question, I'm just like, man, I wish I could remember. Because mm-hmm. part of me is like, I mean, I was born really before consoles were mainstream. Um, you know, we did own like consoles and stuff when I was a kid. But I would say the first game I ever played was probably something in the arcade. And by the way, if you hear my two-year-old son bust in the room, uh, he'll probably... Keep saying hi over and over. <laughs> oh, that's totally cool. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so shout out to kids. I think I I, I think my f- the first game that I remember playing um, that I really remember playing that wasn't like on a console was uh, Crystal Castles in the arcade. And if you have no idea what that is, you're probably gonna have to Google it. But basically, you're like this bear, <laughs> and you're supposed to pick up. I think there are gems on like these. Uh, stages that, and it had a rollerball uh, for the mm-hmm. controls. So yeah, it was really hard. It was like every every game, every arcade game back in like the 80s and I guess 90s uh, were made to um, were really hard and made to eat your quarters. So uh, I, I I guess I just by default say Crystal Castles was the first game I played because I don't really know. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, the next one is what my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I'm gonna say my my favorite fighting game of all time, and I love it to death, is Street Fighter Alpha Two. Um, but and, and most people know me as like the fighting games guy, so they they just assume that's probably all I play. But my favorite game of all time is actually Um, Ogre Battle, uh, on Super Nintendo. Ooh, and deep cut. If you don't know what that is. It's sort of a strategy role playing game. Uh, it's the the predecessor to games like the Tactics series, like Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, Tactics Ogre is actually a sequel to Ogre Battle, but it's not exactly the same. It doesn't have sort of the same gameplay style. Uh, you go on, you go from world to world or like map to map, and you kind of they're 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 like overworld maps, but You can choose to... You're supposed to liberate cities and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. That's how you finish each map. Uh, But the enemies are like... You can see them on the board. And if you run into them, then you get taken into a screen where it's a little bit more like a traditional turn-based RPG where you just take your turn. Um, But I don't know. Something about that game... I love it. And they never did another one like it um, because like i said from there they went into like the tactics series so it's a little mm-hmm. it became the grid-based uh tactical strategy games that everyone's kind of familiar with uh so i really wish they would actually do somebody would do another ogre battle style game and
0: yeah that was an <laughs> atlas game if i remember right
1: uh, the Atlas published it in the U.S. Yeah, but it was uh, it was developed by Quest, who mm. I can't remember if they got bought by SquareSoft Square Enix um, back in the day or if it's just a matter of like the employees went to Square. Uh, but they've worked, I think, primarily with Square like ever since um, Final Fantasy Tactics, because it was the same guys that made all those games. Got it. Um, so worst game, mm. man, what's the worst game I've ever played? You know, I really hated Resident Evil, Ra- uh, Operation Raccoon City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good choice. Um,
1: I know there's, uh, there's probably other bad games, but for some reason that one stands out to me. Um. And it's because it's terrible, obviously. It's, 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 just, it's horrible. It's like it was Capcom's really bad attempt at a third-person sort of Gears of War Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. But the, one of the reasons it stands out to me also is I, I hated it. I felt like it was the worst game of that year that I played, but I still played through it and still got all of the achievements in that game. Interesting. Including the, the multiplayer, which is awful.
0: Is that? Do you just love Resident Evil that much?
1: No, um, I mean I like Resident <laughs> Evil, uh, but I'm not I'm not a huge Resident Evil guy. Uh, I think the only only other Resident Evil I've ever actually beaten. Uh, well, I beat the first one way back in the day, but uh, I did beat five and six. Um, but yeah, I just I I was more of an achievement hunting kind of person uh, at that point, so. Um, that's why I did it. <laughs> yeah, I put my through, hey, I put myself through a lot of pain to, to finish that. Yeah, that was
0: that was not a good game. It's funny because I've been on a huge uh, Resident Evil kick lately. You know, I I played through seven. I loved mm-hmm. it. I've kind of been going through going back playing some of the older games. And there, I don't know if there's any other series that just has so many highs and so many lows. Yeah,
1: just... I mean, I've played a little bit of two and three. I've never actually played four. Um. I beat five and six. Uh and I have s I have seven. I've actually had seven from Gamefly forever, but I still haven't played it yet. So I think yeah. that's probably the next game I should play.
0: You definitely should. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna turn things back a bit. Um you know, obviously today you are the fighting game expert mm-hmm. for Yahoo! Esports, but uh you had a long path to get there. Mm-hmm. So I guess I wanna talk about What got you into games journalism and writing about games in the first place?
1: You know, it's funny. I keep telling myself I need to just make a video for this, Uh, not because I don't like talking about it, because I'm more than happy to share this story. Uh, One of the things that I think is great about games journalism is everyone has a different path. Um, There's some similarities, but everyone, for the most part, has a different path. So for me, it started out, like a lot of people, I'm like, hey, I'm going to start my own website. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. And uh, I started seeing traffic and I'm like, wow, maybe I should ask people if they want to help me on this and it can get bigger. So I kind of did that. Um, I have strong opinions about volunteering for uh, game websites. Um, You know, It's one of those things where I think if you do it and it works for you, more power to you. But I think there's this... Sentiment that you have to do it in order to get into this industry, and that's not the case whatsoever. But having said that, uh, I ran a website for a while. Things got tough, uh, especially with like having at my four year old at the time uh, when he was born. Uh, it just got to the point where I couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. So then I. I stop running my site I kind of volunteered for a couple different sites and I realized like you know what I'm doing a lot of work here and one site in particular I was kind of I was really resentful about it because like I was doing a lot of work and I was really trying to push this site in a direction because it seemed like that's what they wanted me to do but nobody it seemed like i, I, I there was a lot of pushback uh, you know when I try to do things and I just got to the point where I was like you know what I don't want to I don't i want I don't want to write for free anymore like I'm, I'm done. I want to get paid to write. Um, it just so happens at that point also Nathan Minier, uh, who is has been a free games freelance games writer for years now. Um, also writes you know short books mostly sort of like how tos and um, uh things like getting into games writing and whatnot. And now he's actually gotten into game development too. But his, I think his first book came out. Uh, which was up, up, down, down, left, right, as in Mm -hmm. W-R-I-T-E. And it was all about how to get into freelance writing. Because at that point, like, there was no – there was nothing. Like, nobody really talked about it. Um, There wasn't a lot of information. And between that and also a website uh, called Good Good Games Writing um, held a pitch jam where you could – if you wanted to participate, you could send a couple pitches in and uh, they they had like pros, like writers, freelancers, whatever. Um, uh, sort of, not really edit them, but give you uh, feedback, critique them and, and give you feedback. I got some good feedback on one particular pitch. I tried pitching it. It never worked out. Um, in fact, I, I feel like I could have landed it at Kotaku, um, but it just never worked out. But I ended up, Putting together a pitch that um, my very first paid story was at Kill Screen for uh, a small amount of money, uh, very small amount of money, but I, you know, I got paid for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from that point, to start, yeah, I mean, from that point, I was like, well, you know, it's not a lot of money, but I got paid, and that's that's what I wanted. So, uh, there. At that point, like, I I knew I had wanted to get into games writing um, or games media. Um, There's uh, – I I pitched more, of course. I got more work, Uh, and eventually I had a friend – I met someone who became a friend of mine at IGN, and he got me on uh, the news freelance team. And so I freelanced news at IGN for like 18 months, and of course I pitched work all over the place, features. Actually, you know, the only thing I never really did was reviews. I pitched features, Mm -hmm. previews, um, all kinds of things um, have been published at IGN, GamesRadar+, Playboy, um, you know, just a, a, a laundry list of places. But then, yeah, I started writing more and more about fighting games, and that's when I got into uh, freelancing for Red Bull Esports and covering Street Fighter as a competitive uh, scene and quit my job at some point because I was doing all of this sort of like on the side. Um, I had a full-time job. I went to school. I went back to school full-time and got my my bachelor's degree, and my girlfriend and I had two kids uh, in this span also. So, uh, so yeah, busy time. I never played any video games. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I went, I, I full-time freelance for almost a year and it was hard. I was getting a little bit burnt out and right about the time that I felt like I'm not sure I can continue to do this, uh, the way I, I hoped and was getting, was feeling, I feeling like I wasn't going to get a full-time job anywhere, which was always my goal. um, I, I got saved by Yahoo eSports.
0: <laughs> did, did they come to you?
1: They did actually yes I so that's the thing like and um, I couldn't tell you why if I guess if I knew why uh, it would be easier for me to I guess apply for an interview for jobs but uh, in the entire time that I've I've freelanced and written for all these different places I've applied for jobs full-time jobs and have never even been considered for an interview. Um, not sure why, don't know what the, the, the magic bullet is for me, but uh, I did create a niche, which was the advice I got from Nathan actually, uh, who I mentioned earlier. And not only did I sort of create a niche, but I carve it out like I, I, I dug it up and burrowed myself in and <laughs> uh, to the point where someone recommended me to Yahoo and yeah, they came to me about that job.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it definitely felt, you know, just as kind of a reader, you know, someone who's always following what's happening in the FTC. I feel like, you know, when you started doing the Red Bull stuff, that's when I started seeing your name everywhere. Mm. And that's where, you know,
1: I think, you know, the start start of of Hollywood (laughs) began. The Red Bull stuff is interesting because um, when they started doing that, there wasn't a whole, I mean, there was, you know, SRK, sureyoucan.com has been around forever. Uh, It was a message board that everyone used like you know back in I don't know like the late 90s early 2000s yeah. um, that and like event hubs and other web fighting game websites have been around forever um, but nobody really covered like the competitive scene and was doing sort of I guess more mainstream type media until Red Bull really started doing it and that's when I sort of came on Um and now it's 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 weird because like everyone's doing it and people are used to it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So so what's day to day life like as a freelancer versus
1: as a full time fighting game reporter for Yahoo? Oh, my God. Uh, well, so as obviously if you're doing it on the side, it's pretty much just a matter of like you, you just have to you know, find time to write when you can. The nice thing about doing IGN news stuff was even though I was never or I wasn't around as much during the prime time, I was always around later in the evenings like on the West Coast, which was pretty good for when stuff happens after like 5 p.m., but also uh, when like the Australian crew needed me uh, or needed freelancers, Uh, you know, I was always around, uh, which is usually later in the evening. And so doing that on the side was kind of one thing. Like I said, obviously, I was busy anyways. because I had a full-time job, full-time school for a while, um, and, of course, kids. But when I went full-time freelance, I mean, the only thing that changed was that I was obviously pitching and writing work more every day. Um, but it did get to the point where I would literally wake up early uh, start my day, do all my i my work, and go to bed late. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I would say I probably worked anywhere from I would man at least 14, 16, maybe eighteen hour days like every day. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. If you're a freelancer and you're doing it full time, you don't really have days off, right? Because you gotta have to keep generating more work and everything. Um, so. The 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 ch- the change between that and getting a full time job that like I have now is, well, technically, I have a 40 hour work week. um You know, you may work more or less kind of depending on how busy you are or whatever. But yeah, like, you know, when when the day it kind of ends at like five or six p.m. for me, it's it's like, well, now I can go do stuff. Right. Like I'm, I'm not up till 10, 11, 12 at night um working on stories and whatnot uh, right so yeah I mean it just it really it just gave me more free time which is great because you know now I can spend more time relaxing um, <laughs> or watching like TV shows that I never get to watch or playing video games that uh, I never got to play I mean I was the kind of guy that people would play through all of the game the, re- the new releases in a year and if I was, lucky i might have played like one new release in you know say like
0: 2015 uh right so yeah so you're you're rediscovering the world that you missed
1: yeah pretty much i mean there was a time where i missed out like on entire not really like a generation but you know a lot of games from say 2014 2015 i just never played them i never had time So you know, I'd go through games, and and now I'm I'm kind of at a point where I can actually play uh, some newer releases as as they come out. Uh, Yeah, I've been playing things like For Honor. I I haven't played any of the cool games that anyone's everyone's been playing, like Neo (laughs) and Horizon Zero Dawn and stuff like that. I'm still behind, but you know, I'm playing things like For Honor and um, obviously a lot of fighting game stuff.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, um, I do want to talk specifically about playing fighting games. That's obviously it seems yeah. like a pretty major hobby of yours. And I guess you know when you go into a fighting game, you know how how dedicated do you get to it, and do you, does playing fighting games kind of inform your work as a fighting game reporter in any way?
1: I I mean it definitely ha- it definitely does. In it helps inform. Um, I am not the kind of person who really is able to just jump in a game and break it down. Um, it's not—I guess that's just not really how my brain works when it comes to fighting games. I, I have to everything I learn. I, t- I have to learn from, you know, I guess either trial and error or, or watching people or or you know asking questions that kind of thing. So, uh, having said that, like how I approach fighting games. Um, you know, I'm at the point now where I can't put as much time into a fighting game as I'd like, and uh, that's something that someone like me just has to accept, uh, and in accepting that, you also have to accept that, well, if you can't put in X amount of hours, like every day, then you're probably not going to be really all that great competitively speaking, so you just kind of have to accept that, well, I'm no longer a competitor. I'm just playing this, like, casually. Um, Street Fighter Five at its, at, at its peak, I may have played a few days a week, uh, maybe a couple hours at a time. I don't even do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm actually getting into more other fighting games that I haven't really played uh, over the years, like currently playing more Killer Instinct, uh, just because I never tried it. I want to kind of expand my horizons and I'm kind of waiting for Tekken 7 also so like my approach to fighting games is I'm just a filthy casual and (laughs) I have given up on any ideas of like competing not that I really wanted to compete at a high level but um I think even for me it's like the idea of getting better is sort of relative and I'm probably about as good as uh, I'll get in something like Street Fighter 5
0: yeah I'm definitely right there with you with just not really having the time and you know just playing casually that's why I actually really enjoyed you know some of your more anecdotal pieces you've done about you know going 0-2 at a tournament Mm -hmm. or you know I think that that stuff's really cool um so switching gears a bit you know as the listeners might have noticed from the adorable squealing in the background yeah uh, you are a family man yeah uh you are a dad so do you find it difficult to balance this kind of career with having a family
1: um if you're freelancing, absolutely, because, I mean, it's just time taken away from, you know, what you need to do. Uh, it's a little unfortunate, and there was a point where I started to feel like, man, I really don't even... Like, I Like, I work from home, but, man, I don't even really see my family all that much or spend that much time with my family. Uh, with what I do now, yes, I mean, it's still tough. Sometimes, you know, my girlfriend... Whether she's sick or maybe the ba- the, the daycare lady is, is sick or whatever, can't wash the kids, so she'll stay home with the kids and I get nothing done because they're both, you know, they're four and two, almost two. And so they're both at the age that all they do is hang out in my room. Um, uh, it, you know, it's difficult balancing that kind of thing. I, I'll say this much too there is a reason that most of the people you see working in the video game. Industry, let alone the, the video game sort of media side of the industry, uh, most of those guys that are working full-time are working at outlets that are in cities that have incredible cost of living, uh, whether it's San Francisco, L.A., or on the East Coast, like New York or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of guys who are getting into like their mid-30s and they still don't have families i mean they have girlfriends or wives maybe but they don't have kids or whatever and i'm just like man you're gonna i I mean i made the con i made the choice the conscious choice to have kids (laughs) like we (laughs) you know we decided we were gonna have kids Uh, i have two older kids uh my my oldest kids are 21 and my my daughter will turn 18 this year Mm -hmm. so uh but when i see you know guys that don't have or you know women that don't have families yet and it's like man they they can't afford it because they, they live in San Francisco. And to be honest with you, this industry is, is hard. Um it's hard to be, I think it's hard to be someone that's forty years old and um and have a family like have two two young kids. Uh, so it, it can be difficult. It's you know, but I I obviously wouldn't change anything in the world and I'm grateful that I get to do what I what I get to do.
0: How are your little ones at Street Fighter?
1: Uh, my four-year-old is obsessed. <laughs> um, they, uh, he, he kind of, I guess, grew up watching me watch Street Fighter because that was around the time that the uh, I started doing the Red Bull stuff, and so he actually would sit in my lap and and just watch Street Fighter uh, streams with me. So by the time he was, he was my my four-year-old by the time he was two years old he could actually name the 44 characters in ultra street fighter 4 uh and was seeing like some personalities enough that he could actually start like he actually remembered who they, so james chin is is one mm. he knows i don't know i'm not sure i think he may have forgotten at this point but for a while there he would he knew who james chin was um but he's still like he still loves street fighter. He still, I have a YouTube playlist that I have saved for him. Um, that's just all like street fighter four stuff and he'll watch it. Uh, um, and actually like now he, you know, acted out. He pretends he's playing street fighter sort of in real life. Uh, <laughs> of course there's, there's toys, things like the, yeah, uh, they don't play, uh, cause they're not old enough to, to play games yet. But, um, Four-year-old's definitely obsessed. Not sure how how the two-year-old will, will be with it. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, the, it's it's kind of funny because my oldest son, my 20-year-old son, when he... Um, oh, my gosh. Hold on. My dog. <laughs> oh,
0: trust me. I, I know what that's like.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, my 21-year-old son also grew up around fighting games and Street Fighter. Arcades were still... A Uh, around when he was a baby so he grew up uh with me and my buddies uh going to arcades and playing fighting games at home and um he uh, he played he played some fighting games for a while too uh so it's it's actually interesting to have to kind of go through that cycle again and it's Mm kind of actually
0: that's really cool by the time he's 10 he'll probably be signed taco fox
1: yeah i mean if if he were to play I would, he's he's he has all the tools here that he needs that if he wants to, <laughs> uh you know of course when i've back in the 90s and 2000s fighting games weren't esports the way they are now so
0: <laughs> oh yeah it's got to be wild kind of growing up into that yeah. like hey maybe I, maybe i can make a living doing this um, so you earlier we were kind of touching on your, your early career, and you, know, you mentioned some some people that helped you along the way. So I kind of wanted to ask, you know, who else inspires you to do what you do, whether it's fellow journalists or just people in the FGC?
1: So in my, my games writing origin story, um, I actually didn't mention this earlier, but uh, this is actually one of the reasons why I want to do a video because um, I actually feel like uh, it would explain it would explain a lot of things um, not just about like me and why I chose to do this, but also I think on, you know, f- finding the people that inspire you uh, and, and understanding that everyone who does this, like we're all fans, right? I, I mean, IGN has been around for 20 years uh, and I've followed IGN, you know, in some form or another for a long time. Uh, I got really heavy into following them, you know, in the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight years, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I began to follow people more as like uh, uh, also their their work and their personalities. Um, I come from a time where magazines were a big deal. Um, and so it was kind of the same thing. So having said that, this is, this is actually my, my – games media games journalism um, origin story I always forget the number of this so I, sh- I feel like I should go look it up but uh, go see three I think think this year will be four years since we went to Lake Tahoe so one summer a few years ago we were in Lake Tahoe and I was sitting on the beach and I was watching my my son who's now four playing uh, right by the water. And at that time, I was listening to an episode of Podcast Beyond. Um, mm-hmm. It's the only thing I, I always forget the number, but the thing I do remember is it had Greg and Colin, of course, on it. Uh, Greg uh, Miller and Colin Moriarty, who at the time were, you know, two guys that I really looked up to um, among other people at IGN. They had a guest who was part of a band. um, And they, they took that episode. They took some like reader questions. And one of the questions was, of course, how do you get into, you know, how, how did you get your jobs at IGN? Or how did you get into like games journalism, whatever. And both Greg and Colin went through their, their stories. Colin, uh, was going to college, I think. And he was writing, he, he used to do game facts, uh, walkthroughs and and whatnot whatnot right right uh and that got him into doing like walkthroughs for ign and so he was actually sort of i guess freelancing with them at a very young age and you know it just progressed from there eventually he got a job there right but the thing that really struck me i keep in mind it's a gorgeous day uh my son's playing just sitting by the water playing he's about one and a half years at this point and Greg talks about how he went to college. Greg went to University of Missouri. Uh, they have a great journalism um, program there. Uh, most people that you you know didn't come from like ASU, like Walter Cronkite School, or from like Syracuse, probably went to Missouri. Um, and he talked about how he applied like twelve times at IGN, mm-hmm. never got hired. And eventually he got a job uh, at a newspaper uh, in his hometown. I think he started writing game stuff for his newspaper, interview, got, applied for another job at IGN interviewed, and like the next day or whatever they called him and said, "Hey, we want to give you a job." And he asked, you know what the dif- like what, what happened? What's the difference? Why this time? Like, well, you just, you know, you got experience. I think this is like two years later or something like that. After, between his, you know, the last time he played. Um, They are like, yeah, you've been, you know, you've got a portfolio. Like, you've been, you know, you have bylines. You've been working and doing this thing. And at that point, you know, sitting there on the beach, these guys were the biggest names in in probably games media at that point. Podcast Beyond was easily the most popular podcast um their playstation work of course at ign love them or hate them i mean you know those guys were the biggest names right right and it was funny because right then and there two things it was like a bolt of lightning hit me two things first those guys i you know i was like a lot of people i worship those guys for whatever right i stopped worshiping them right at that point because i realized you know what they're only human just like everyone else they worked mm-hmm. hard And it took time, but, you know, they got their jobs just like anybody else did. Um, They put in the work and they got them. The second thing that hit me was like, this is exactly what I'm going to do with my my life. Um, Because I was stuck at a job that I had been trying to get out of. It took seven years for me to get out of this job. Um, I applied for jobs, not just games writing, but just in general for anything. Every single job I applied for, I never even got an interview for. Um, I guess to this day, actually, since I, since the job that I left, um, which was at a, uh, a local college, uh, everything I've ever applied for, I've never gotten an interview for, uh, like I said, Yahoo was that they came to me and that was actually the only time I've ever been interviewed for a job, uh, in like the last, what, eight years. Wow. But yeah, so, you know, I was unhappy at my job and really trying to find ways to get out, um. So that was when I, I knew exactly what I was going to do with my life. That that day sitting on uh, on the beach in Lake Tahoe, I even have uh, a photograph that I, I put on business cards for my freelance cards. Um, from from that sort of like that moment, uh, I, I took a picture of from behind my son who's playing on the water on the beach in the uh, in the water, and it's one of my f- favorite things <laughs> when I hand those out because it it's an instant like. Lead into like a story, because Mm -hmm. they're like, "Oh, is this your son?" Yeah, like, "Wow, this is really cool." I'm like, "Yeah, that's you know the the moment." I blah blah blah, and uh, so yeah, it it uh, it all kind of snowballed from there. As I as I mentioned, I freelanced. uh, I I made a friend at IGN who who got me into news freelancing, and you know, here I am.
0: (laughs) That's an amazing story, dude. I'm just kind of I I know picturing the scene right
1: now. I I know uh, if you guys. Don't know Vince Ingenito. Um, he's been with IGN, I think, maybe going on three or four years now. Yeah. And he was also, when he first got hired, he was on an episode of Podcast Beyond, and he talked about how he, he got his job. Um, and one of the very first things he ever did was he, when Podcast Beyond Episode 200 did, like, their live show, uh, he's, he's an East Coast guy, so he came out to the West Coast, wasn't like on a guest list or anything and s- basically snuck in the the live show uh like party or whatever right and bought a plate of chicken wings <laughs> sat at the table <laughs> bought a plate of chicken wings and eventually Greg Miller who's if you know loves chicken wings um got, okay. sat down and got to talking with him and you know Long story short, that led to eventually Vince Ingenito, um, you know, who freelanced and did some work at other websites as well, uh, but got, you know, that's how he one of the ways he got into knowing people at IGN and eventually working there. So um, his actually his origin story is one of my favorite ones. Vince is a great friend of mine. Um, so yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to have to get Vince on the show one day. He's another, you know, Greg and Colin and a lot, and Vince, and a lot of those IGN guys are, are big inspirations for me too. And it it's really cool just knowing, yeah, you know, we all were in this spot at one point. And it's really all about just, yeah. you know, just being persistent, yeah. being in the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you, if you're doing great work and you're working hard, people notice. Um, one The, the one thing that I'll say is when it comes to, this industry um i i mean and this is sort of as a society the idea that work hard and you'll get what you want um isn't really true because you know there's a lot of circumstances there and just working hard sometimes isn't enough people just don't notice Uh, i will say in this industry that if you do work hard i think people do notice but ultimately um you need help and making friends goes a long way in this industry
0: absolutely uh it's funny my next question was going to be you know what would you say to anyone who wants to be the next michael martin you know the next games journalist esports journalist anyone who wants to get into that field i think you actually kind of answer that array, but are there any other tips you would give for you know someone who wants to jump into this kind of thing?
1: I think for the first thing I would say is if you aren't already getting paid to to do this stuff, um, if you think you're good enough to, to get paid, then you should you should be pitching work and doing work that uh, you get paid to do. There's plenty of freelance opportunities out there. Uh, freelance opportunities come and go as well. It, it's not stable. It, it's never stable. I was fortunate that I had a lot of steady work um, that never like disappeared. Because I know people who have had who have had work that's disappeared. I've I know people who have had like multiple at the same time gigs just di- dry up on them, and that's rough. So, one is just go do it. But I think the other thing is. Uh, is, yeah, you know, make friends. I tell people all the time, make friends. Don't be afraid to talk to people uh, in the industry. Get to know them. If you see someone, like if you're at an event and you're too shy to introduce yourself to someone, even if it's just to say hi, um, put your face in front of someone else's face. Uh, you, you know, you can say hi and just introduce yourself and be, and maybe here's my card and bam, get out, you know, get in, get out. Uh, you have to get over that stuff you really have to get over this the the fear of of I don't know interacting with with other people uh, especially when it comes to people who might you know I, I guess be potential contacts for for work um most editors like that's that's their that's part of their job you know they're they're there to work with freelancers and stuff um the other thing I was gonna say is boy now it's it's really hard like Somehow I managed to do this thing as strictly a writer, and it's possible, but the industry has changed. And if your goal, like my goal was always to work somewhere full time, um, that was it was, I it was never to be a full time freelancer. Like, my end goal was, I want, I, I mean, to be honest, with you, my end goal was, like, I want to work at IGN someday, mm-hmm. um, you know if if that opportunity presented itself sure i'd still love to do it i'm totally happy with where with what i'm doing now um but uh having said that the industry is changing to the point where you can't almost can't just be a writer anymore you need to be on camera um whether it's a you know have a good stream following or are doing things like uh uh, vlogs, vlogs. I don't. I don't even know how you say that, dude. Is there a difference? Vlo- I guess it's vlogs.
0: I don't know. If I, it's hate, the, I, I hate. I hate
1: universal saying, rule. I hate saying vlog. I. It sounds. <laughs> it sounds so disgusting. Um, vlogs, whatever. Just being on camera. So that was something that I never did. I never had the time. Like, where do I find time in between, like the family and the freelancing and all that to start up? Uh, to learn how to edit video record and edit video, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do more recording now. I still don't edit. Uh, thankfully, Yahoo has uh, <laughs> a production crew that I don't have to worry about that, but I, editing video is still a thing that is on my short list of things to do. But you need to be able to do those things. Um, that is, I want to say that's probably the main reason I've never gotten an interview at like a traditional gaming outlet. It's just because I had no on-camera time. And right now, uh, I have plenty of on camera experience. People don't even, people are funny cause they're like, they see what I do and they're like, wow, you look like a natural. I'm like, yeah, my very first video I ever shot at Yahoo Esports was the very first video or the very first time I was ever on camera. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that, uh, uh make friends. Do video, whether even if you know, even if you learn how to if if you're not an on camera kind of person, if you're editing video, uh there's plenty of jobs like, you know, for that stuff as well. Um and what was the other one? Uh yeah, just the idea that, you know what, not everyone's gonna make it. And I didn't I still don't have a backup plan. <laughs> like <laughs> didn't have a backup plan. But it's probably a good idea to have a backup plan if your sort of dream doesn't come true and you you become a full-time uh staff member at a gaming outlet Mm
0: -hmm. well that's super sound advice uh if you guys are looking to get into games journalism
1: and don't have have kids definitely (laughs) do not have kids not have children yes or just don't (laughs) live in san San francisco yeah do do as i say not as i do
0: You heard it here, guys. Um, so Mike, yeah, that's that just about does it for my questions. Are there any shout outs you want to give? Are there is there anything you're working on right now that you wanna you want people to check out?
1: Um you can always check out Yahoo Esports. I think we do we just celebrated, I think I mentioned this, our, our one year anniversary. My one year there is is April. Um I Oh well c- congratulations Thanks. for both. Uh it's it's been great. I think we all do fantastic work. I love the team there. You know, we cover all different games in esports. So esports.yahoo.com is is the website. Um, We have a YouTube channel also, which makes it easier for people looking for videos. We're a very video-heavy website. I still do a lot of writing though, because that's sort of my as much as I want to do more video work and be in more videos, writing is still my you know my my I guess my passion. So, uh, yeah, I do a weekly, actually two videos weekly. One's called I Got Next, and that's a, I guess, a vlog-style topic, dis- you know, a discussion about a specific topic. Um, and those have actually been doing really well. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm a little bit surprised at how well they've been doing. <laughs> Is that the uh, the conversations and fireballs? So oh, no, that's so conversations and fireballs is the, is the other weekly video I do, and that's more of just a uh, like what we're doing right now, just a casual conversation about whatever. Um, um, and I've I've I, the nice thing about that is I've been able to kind of expand more into the fighting game community than just Street Fighter or like Smash, um, which I know people. You know, it's not just us, but in general with media, they're they're always harping on. You only you only touch on you only cover the the big games. I'm like, well, those are the ones that draw the eyeballs.
0: But I get it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, um. That's a the whole, whole other conversation. Yeah. Itself. Uh.
1: So those are two weekly things that I do. Um. Of course, I'm writing about all kinds of things at any given point. So I don't have anything super specific. Uh. As far as writing goes. Um. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at bizarro underscore mike1z2rs. If you ever need to contact me, I'm probably <laughs> looking at Twitter <laughs> more than anything. So uh, yeah, I mean, feel free to to hit me up uh, at any point. I I love I love talking with people. I love talking. That's why I got in. It's one of the reasons why I got into games journalism because I love video games, but I love talking with people. I like writing stories. Um, and that's one of the cool things I think I got, I've gotten to do with fighting games as it's grown into an eSport is really be able to sort of you know, push those stories in front of people who not just are involved in fighting games, fighting game community, or eSports, but in, in general. Um, one of my favorite stories I've ever done is still uh, – it's on Playboy.com. Uh, it's, it's safe for work, but you probably don't want to browse that site at work. Um, but if you ever look up the Ricky Ortiz uh, story I did um, for Playboy, it's one of my favorite stories that uh, I've ever done. And, uh, you know, just being able to do cool stuff like that is kind of an honor to me. And, yes, I like getting paid to do it also. <laughs> that's
0: that, that's always the goal, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's can nice. see <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely check out that Playboy story. I, c- I can vouch for Mike. It's, it's it's awesome. Yeah,
1: a lot of you know what? every so every person i interviewed with at yahoo when i did my interviews uh that was the first thing out of their mouths so like man that ricky story was so good
0: <laughs> it was man yes great thanks i hope
1: i didn't <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh so it all worked out uh mike thank you so much for being on this <laughs> this was an awesome conversation
1: thanks for having me i hope it wasn't uh, i hope i don't bore people but uh with my 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 back-in-the-day games journalism stories, but you know what? It's, it is important for me to share this stuff, too. Um, I love still talking with freelancers and helping freelancers. Um, it's interesting to see, like, sort of a, a generation come in from, you know, behind me that a lot of people are still, of course, trying to figure out their way. Um, but I'm not that far removed from freelancing that I've forgotten what it's like. You know what I mean? So I, mm-hmm. I definitely want to uh, help people as much as I can. Because if it wasn't for people helping me, I wouldn't be here. So pay it forward. So guys, be sure to
0: hound Mike on Twitter with questions. Anytime. He's going to answer every single one. He I promise. I,
1: I probably will because I'm on <laughs> that much.
0: <laughs> you, you did respond to me pretty fast. I'm grateful for that.
1: I, I'm telling you, I'm checking Twitter more than anything. So yeah
0: that is awesome uh so on that note guys this has been people playing games once again uh a show all about getting to know the people in the games industry uh i'm your host mike andronico follow me on twitter at mike andronico i don't think there's an official people playing games twitter yet maybe by the time you hear this there will be i'm still figuring everything out uh i'm you know i'm I'm waiting it right now but once again guys thanks for listening and catch you next time
1: bye